Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Charlie Wine. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. 240. setting the mood here well that's basically the half the first half of the movie so i just thought i would summarize the first half of the movie for you guys real quickly you're so cheeky what about castaway uh you know what we get the fedex stuff at the beginning so we get to know who his character is before we get him on the island it's a two-hour fedex commercial a little bit but you know what it's got tom hanks and if it weren't tom hanks it would be terrible but it is tom hanks so we all love it well, okay. From the today, go, I'm not sure what you guys feel about this movie just from the intro. <laughs> well, let's go see. either way. Today on our show, clocking in at 82 minutes, we're talking about 2019's Sweetheart, directed by J.D. Dillard. Hey, if you guys were thinking that this was a relationship drama or romantic comedy, think again, because this has nothing to do with romance. Sweetheart. Jared, whoa. <laughs> Jared, did you know how much, so you didn't know anything about the plot going in? Uh, I mean, I read a summary of it before I actually watched it, um, and uh, yeah, did I just like something in our chat by mistake? <laughs> it was weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. There, there's Dan too. Dan's got a heart now. These are the things that the the listening audience cannot uh, is not aware of. Um, but yeah, no, I, I read a brief synopsis of this before uh, we started watching it, so I at least, you know, had a, a taste of what we what to expect going into it. Was it brief? Or I mean, I'm vague? Was it like, but she did... It, it, it was, it's literally whatever it says on IMDb, which is just like, you know, uh, a girl is stranded on an island and then, you know, she has to deal with a force. Yeah, Jen has washed ashore a small tropical island, and it doesn't take her long to realize she's completely alone. She must spend her days not only surviving the elements, but also must fend off the malevolent force that comes out each night. It doesn't like take it. long. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, uh, I follow Charlie on Letterboxd, and he gave <laughs> it, I, I, gave, I see that he gave it a high score. He loved this one, so this is, I'm going to let Charlie third... lead here. So... I watched it again today, and this was my third time watching it. Um, I really like this movie, and I actually discovered it. So it was right in, during the in like the middle. I guess I can't really say the middle of quarantine because technically we're still quarantined. Um, in the midst of quarantine, I read an article, an interview with Mike Flanagan, who is probably my favorite horror director right now. Nice. Um, like things, I mean, he did the Haunting of Hill House TV show. He did Oculus. He did the Ouija sequel, which is actually Dr. really good. Sleep. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Sleep is phenomenal. Oh. I was blown away by that. 
Um, <laughs> but he listed a couple different movies as big influences of his and movies that he loved. And actually, one of them was another one I had talked to you about for this, which was Lake Mungo. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this was one of the other ones he had mentioned, and I'd seen it on Netflix, passed by it a couple times. So I just decided to check it out, and I loved it. Just from the beginning, it, uh, from the first time I watched it, I was I was very, very pleasantly surprised, I guess I'd say. And in the two more times that I've watched it since then, I have not – I've enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time. This is uh, – it's Blumhouse. It's low-key – it seems like low-key Blumhouse, though, because it just kind of slipped under everybody's radar as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember hearing anything about this one. I mean, this is probably the most – like if this didn't have Blumhouse behind it, I, I would say this is like the most independently produced movie that I've seen come out of them. It's uh, it makes it's, sense. Jared Jared put it uh, very eloquently at the beginning with his whooshing waves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a very. Um, I can't think of any other. Let's just not just just say Blumhouse movies, but horror movies in which um, there's it's so uh, there's no dialogue. Yeah, Maybe the movie than, Hush or like uh, A Quiet Place. Hush is also a Mike Flanagan movie. Right. <laughs> so, like, I think of this as like one of the few where it's um, the hook is there's not there's nobody chatting away. There's no families bickering. There's no hereditary uh, subplots. And we don't really we don't really get to know this girl, Jen. We don't really know. We don't have to know her history. It's like how uh, when she was a little girl, she had the ingenuity to, to know to build a teepee out of twigs. So now she knows as an adult how to do that. It doesn't matter. She's just in the moment. She's in survival mode. And that's where we are for this movie. And it's a short, pretty tight runtime. But setting the table for this, uh, should we spoil it? It's a creature feature. Yeah. I mean, well, it, I, I basically... The malevolent force. I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone thought it would be a cloud. You Smog know, like, monster lost. Yeah. yeah. There, and in the in the other general press of the movie, they're they're really not too shy on like even in what you would call spoiler free reviews, they're really not too shy about calling this a creature feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I, th- I don't think that's ever been sort of like something they were looking to hide. But I think the way the movie manages it. Uh, justifies it being just blunt and outright with that, with it yeah. being a creature feature. At the end of this episode, I'm going to remind me, if I forget, because I have a very um, hot, creative take that uh, can be applied to this movie as is. You just have okay. to tweak a couple things, so okay. we're going to talk about that at the end. I'm going to write right. that down. I'm going to get a pen right now. <laughs> um, okay. So, this is my first time seeing it. This is Charlie's third time seeing it. This is Jared's first time seeing it. I see Charlie I, has very apropos. He has a FedEx box yeah, with I was wings just gonna on say, it. And he said, Dan, this package saved my Dan's life. <laughs> you, that's the biggest mystery in, in cinema is what was in that box, you think, with the wings on it that he brought back to I that could lady? give a shit what's in Marcellus Wallace's case. I want to know what was in that FedEx package. That's right. It was Tom Hanks. You know what it was? It was Wilson's soul. Oh, and he's giving it to that lady with the wings. Yeah. 
I think it was like sex toys, and it's like something funny, like a punchline. How, how fucked up would that be if it was something like really messed up, like it was like a bunch of sex toys that he just like this package saved my life, and then this lady's like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do with this?" Whatever floats your boat, you know. I was I was imagined it was something just sort of superficial and asinine that really like would be one of those things that's actually really unsatisfying when you when you open it up, you, you the secrets revealed, you're like, oh, it's. It's, oh, look, like it's, a seri- a, it's a series of measuring cups. Cool. Yes, it was <laughs> a copy of operation. It's like, the Capone <laughs> safe of, yeah. of uh, movies. Really. Yeah, that's what they needed. They needed Geraldo to go to that lady's house <laughs> and open up that FedEx box. <laughs> uh, okay, sweetheart. Here, let me yeah. click the heart one more time here. <laughs> there we go. So there it, is. it opens with the Blumhouse Productions logo. Ah, oh, we're gonna be scared. Guys, we're going to be scared. It's um it's a creepy logo, but we won't get into it. What what I noticed is when we get in the credits, the opening titles here, it's it's a BH production. They're like yeah. forget that, that the... Blumhouse shit. They're, they're 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 like trying to separate themselves from the Blumhouse name. Like what's wrong with that? Like why why is it or... a BH? Or Blumhouse is trying to separate themselves from the film. You know, mm. no, we don't know how it could be. Again, the, normally they're normally when they're advertising a movie, when they're producing movies, they're all like right? up in your face about them producing movies. This was in Sundance, but this was like this was this was not a like a widespread. You know, look at this new movie we've got. Right, and and I don't. I, I maybe I shouldn't say this now, but I'm glad we're doing this episode. Don't get me wrong. But should we? Because was this theatrically released besides Sundance? I think it went straight but, to Universal Digital. But you know what? Uh, I consider a major film festival to be okay. Uh, to be considered, yeah, uh, qualifying. Cool. All right. Then. Especially since any nothing these these days can be theatrically released anymore. So yeah, that's true. Um, so we get a little score ramping up, and then it dies off, and we get some underwater shot, the reef. Some light pouring from above to the surface. We're at a beautiful island. Do you know where we are, Charlie, in this movie? No, I think it's. I think that's part of it too. We don't really know where they are. There's, I believe I'm, it was I, the same island that uh, uh, Kira Knightley and Johnny Depp were marooned on, and uh, they're about <laughs> to. They're looking for rum right now. She. That's all she yeah. needs to look for is the rum traders. Mm-hmm. There's. Uh, I. Now that you mentioned it, the creature in this movie does look like a Davy Jones. Yeah, uh, a little bit, you know, bit heavy. He looks like he looks like, like he'd be on the the crew of the the Fly Dutchman. Yeah. So there's a there's a low rumble, and we show a young woman washed ashore. Is she a sweetheart? I don't know. She comes to she is coughs she the up. titular sweetheart. I, and how sweet is she? I want to know. So she coughs up some agua, gets on her feet. She finds a dead passenger. What's going on here? What what do you guys think is going on here? I just assume that she also was delivering a FedEx package and something went wrong when she went to go take her Band-Aid off. I don't know. Like, that's all I can uh, imagine. It is really hard. I'll be honest. It is hard to separate myself from the knowledge of Castaway and just being like, I wonder if in this world Castaway existed and she got some of this knowledge from the movie Castaway. Like, that's how I think sometimes while watching these movies. See, the thing with the thing with Castaway, because it's it's so funny. I. 
it's the first thing you mentioned about how there's so like no dialogue pretty much at the beginning. And one of the first things that I thought when I was, cause I hate Castaway. I'm going to be upfront with that right now. I do not <laughs> cool. like that movie. I realized I don't love most Tom Hanks movies. I have nothing against him, but I don't love most Tom Hanks movies. Um, Larry but, crown. <laughs> right? Captain no. Phillips. Uh, sorry, I, have, sorry. I have beef with Captain Phillips. Um, but, um, but the for one of the first things I thought when I first started watching this movie was, oh my god, I there's no like intro dialogue. She's not sitting around here talking to herself. Like this is I, I like the like Castaway. No... This is so much better than Castaway. <laughs> there's no voiceover either. Like when I was a little girl, I used to get in trouble a lot because I stabbed some people in the playground. Yeah. Like none of that profiling or anything. No. Um, she finds a dead passenger and he's like impaled by coral reef. And I don't know, I'm thinking of uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall with Russell Brand with that yeah. little piece in that scene. Um, she's calling out for Lucas, but this guy, his name is, uh, what is it, Brad? Yes. And yeah. uh, and the sweetheart, the titular sweetheart, her name is Jen. So there's Jen and Brad, and we think of Jen and Brad, and we wish they were back together, you know. And we think about I Angelina, don't. and we, we just think about the kids, Shiloh, hopefully he's doing good. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I, I I I I was uh, Team Brad uh, <laughs> in the uh, the the Brad Jen split. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't care because I just do not give a flying fuck about Jennifer Aniston in any way. Ooh, damn! <laughs> I just surprised. I just we a are shocked now? emoji here. Um, Jared, how could you? I, sorry. Hot look tip. at her hair. Just look at her hair. I don't care. Look at Angie. Ooh. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I mean, he made the right decision. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, she uh, re- she removes the life jacket, and she finds a flare gun, and she pulls uh, Brad, dead Brad, onto shore. But is he alive? He is alive. Turns out Brad is alive. And, uh, and she says, you sound like you're from London. And she finds <laughs> a coconut in the jungle, and she goes, she's going to go, you know, give him some coconut milk water. And she, uh, it takes a while to pierce the uh, the coconut. She gets a sharp rock, and she's again really stabbing it. Like I'm like, did she learn? Did she immediately figure this out from Castaway? Like, did she pick up a jagged rock because she saw Tom Hanks do it, or does she have these these this knowledge herself? Apes didn't watch Castaway. <laughs> I'm about to say, I think the first thing I would pick up to try and open a coconut would probably be a rock. I don't know what else there is around. Guys, all I'm saying is my first instinct would be, all right, what would Tom Hanks do? He would try to make a big fire. He would dance about it if he get it. He got it lit. And then he... I've created! Yes! Tom um... Hanks also had a... Us like a plethora of FedEx packages to go through to find various things that could help him in his journey. But you know what? Just like in Castaway, she's like changing her clothes like two or three times in this movie. I'm like, she's supposed to be shipwrecked. Like, what the hell? Where is she getting all these other clothes from? She's she changing. Like, like... Fashionable, Jeremy. <laughs> no, no. I have no. an explanation for that later. <laughs> There's a big black hole in the center of the sea, Jer. Yeah. Hey, she found Coca-Cola here on this island, okay? That's just as good as a FedEx package. I was drinking a Coke, too. I was watching it, and I was like, and then a monster attacked me. Anyway. I was um, drinking a Coke, and I was thinking, well, this Coke's got to taste way better than that Coke. That Coke's got to be, like, 20 years old at this point. That guy's got a Game Boy on this island. That Coke is no good anymore. Like a classic Game Boy. The original Game Boy. Won't fit in your pocket. the use of a Game Boy to immediately let the audience know this is some old shit. <laughs> like, yeah, 
This happened a while ago. They were marooned years ago. So she goes to get a coconut, and she's trying to pierce it, like, really hard with a sharp rock. And by the time she finally pierces it and runs back to Brad, he's gone. He, now he's finally officially dead. She pours, like, the water down his throat, and it's useless. It's He's gone. Now Brad's gone, and it's Team Jen, Jer. Yeah, Brad. That's fine. You know what? If you want to throw Jennifer Aniston on an island by herself, I'm not going to complain about it. Whose side were you on in the breakup, Jer? Was it Vince Vaughn or was it Jen Aniston? (laughs) You know what? I am never on Vince Vaughn's side. I will take uh, take Jen Aniston over over Vaughn any day. Actually, yeah, Vaughn is, uh, I don't know. Anyway, some time passes. Jen walks the beach. She's like, I'm on an island. I'm marooned. I don't know what to do. She passes a strange hollowed tree tunnel. And it's like covered in moss. It's kind of like embedded into the ground almost. Yeah. Like like a sewer pipe. And uh, she just walks past it. But I have a feeling we're going to see that again. And uh, she sees uh, a uh, camp set up. And that's what we're talking about with the cooler with the old Coca-Colas. Uh, she's first. She calls out for anybody. Nobody's there. It's just her. Because I would so hate far. to like just like start grabbing shit out of the bag, and then all of a sudden some big dude comes up and just knocks her on her ass. Like that's what I thought was the others. Yeah. You know, like from Lost. Yeah. And uh, she finds some pills, and uh, in a cooler, you know, there's uh, finds a thermos, a lockbox with some cards, some matches. That's something that Tom Hanks did not have that's on that true. island. On uh. Uh, she, was it Ila Nubar or is it Ila Sorna? I can never cast yeah. uh, away. Sor- Isla Sorna. Yeah, that was the yeah. one, I think. I, I will say from the matches, that was something that I, like, as small as this sounds, that was something that kind of bugged me at first because I'm like, of course, she just happens to find matches. But then when I was thinking about it, watching it the second time, that takes about 15 minutes of movie out of the way when you don't have to spend time watching her try and light a fire, which we've all seen people do 10,000 times at this point. They all suck at it, and they all get it eventually, and it just takes, like, 15 minutes of screen time to actually just watch them build this fire. But what's weird is... is, um, Sorry, Jer. I was going to say, what's weird is that, like, later on, we see her, like, do that very thing, you know? (laughs) Like, we see her... saving the fire. Yeah, that's true. She's true. She's really good with fire. (laughs) She, uh... I know what you mean. There's always, like, steps to it, and one of it is them throwing whatever it is they're trying to set a fire and then they get back to it later with a cooler head um, which is very real by the way like oh I yeah i can't tell you how many fires i've tried to just tried to start and then just thrown down the logs and then just came back later by fires matches. you mean like ikea cabinet like yeah. shelves and yeah. stuff i call every project that i do a fire <laughs> that i gotta put out you know so it's like hey you always go hey caitlin where's the fire and she goes oh it's it's you know wherever she's, it needs she's you know. like right now it's in the attic and it needs to be cleaned out i'm like all right i'm gonna go clean the fire yeah every opportunity in life is an opportunity for arson yeah <laughs> i want that on a shirt so <laughs> i'll make that for you thank you there's a book she finds, oh, it's great. It's scary campfire stories, which doesn't come back into this movie at no, all. No, I was, I was hoping she'd put like use that as a reference point and like get some information. Be like, oh, here's how I kill this creature. Dude, <laughs> if, right, I, if M. Night Shyamalan wrote this. <laughs> right? Yeah. If M. Night Shyamalan wrote this, he would have been the one, the one to have written the book that saved the girl's life. <laughs> His character in the movie is a writer, and he's yeah. also stranded on the island. And, and he would have been called the, the cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and he would have been the one to die on the island. Oh man, his roles just kept getting bigger, and and then he kind of stepped back, and then he made uh you know glass. But anyway, uh, he returns. Oh, no, she returns to the hollow tree tunnel, and a thumping noise is heard, and a bird flies out. It's our first jump, and kind of our few jumps. One of our three jump scares in this movie, if any. Yeah. 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 Very few. And uh, she places. I love how she just places some big leaves on the corpse of Brad, and that's enough for a while. Um, you know that I mean, Ace Ventura taught us that leaves are the perfect way to disguise an entire body is just grab a leaf and uh, use it to cover yourself from your landlord. I mean, yeah. What else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Let's like just cover it in like handfuls of sand. She doesn't have a, a trowel with which to cover the body. It's true. Which, She's got to bury it, and she learns that later, because it smells. Oof. And uh, there's a thunderstorm at night, and then uh, goes to the next day. There's a lot of day-night, day-night transitioning in this movie. So Jen, uh, she finds some fishes flopping on shore from like the thunderstorm, I guess, last night, or something. Or presumably the creature. Yeah. Because one of those sharks is, like, slashed. Yep. It's... She finds like it's a little baby, little baby shark, and it's got yeah. This little... Like remember in Lethal Weapon Four at the very beginning where they're trying to get the shark out of their boat, it's like that size. You know my reference points, Lethal Weapon Four, <laughs> when you need to know how big of a shark was it compared to say Lethal Weapon Four shark. I mean, you know this movie was actually written by Shane Black, so yeah, <laughs> perfect. Well, wait, I didn't see any Christmas lights. <laughs> Uh, it's very subtle. This island is it's it's on Christmas. There's a Christmas tree if you look real deeply. <laughs> she um she carves uh some fish with a rock. It's pretty gross, but uh she I carried... love that part though. I have to yeah. say, sorry, I love that part because you we're talking about, you know, we made this comment about how she just seems to instinctively know how to do a lot of these things. And granted, I will say I watched a lot of movies in my life and there are a few things I think I picked up from movies that I would try. But when she's carving that fish, she's just ripping it apart, and she's just grossed out by it, and just like, this is not how I should be doing this. All I, working. all I kept thinking is, like, man, Gordon Ramsay would not approve of this uh, gutting it's of wrong! this. <laughs> Look at this. It's butchered. It's what? butchered. That uh, would be an interesting movie if he was marooned on an island. He would be swearing <laughs> oh to himself. Just, that should just be, like, a reality TV show, like you just like instead of that Gordon Ramsay Uncharted crap, like uh-huh. no, like, no, throw him on an island and let him survive. <laughs> and like he's with a camera and he's like, the best way to 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 cook a bull, you know, and like it just goes yeah. into the description. And he, we From see the, that he has skills that we like even he thought he didn't have, and it's like Jason Bourne. They're activated in the wild. Remove um, the snout from the <laughs> both ears square from the curly tail a perfectly yeah. carved wild bull <laughs> so uh she finds a, a knapsack and she, it's her knapsack inside is a hat and it's a diary and her full name jennifer rennings and all the pages are washed away by the water unfortunately but she does see a photo strip with an x presumably because she kind of looks at it with a, just kind of the look of this is not my current. I don't know. We don't know. I'm projecting. So she, it's at she a. She could be like, well, I'm park. never going to see this guy again. I'm on an island. <laughs> yeah. It could be that. It's a, she, she cries a bit. And uh, we cut to uh, more exploring in the jungle. 
and she finds what appears to be uh, initialed rocks in formations with like a stick cross and their graves. Right, uh, which I believe was part of the Blair Witch legend. Uh, she'll find the graves in a circle. <laughs> do not disturb the piles of rocks. That was actually yeah. the mistake of that movie. That's that's exactly very subtle. Uh, don't mess with those rocks. So Brad smells, and uh, Jen finally buries him with uh, leaves, more leaves, and some <laughs> sand. And she leaves us a, like a stick stake with a B on it because she didn't know the last names of most of the people on the, uh, what is it? What were they the, were, I assume they were on like, like maybe a small, like a, like a sailboat of a kind. They were probably, it sounded like there were like five of them on a boat having a party. And obviously this is something they touch on later, but she had, they spend very, very little time trying to give us any information about these people. Yeah, they're 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 kind of like fuck all the backstory. Like, no, this is her on an island. That's it. That's all you need to know. We don't care who she is or what happens. And what do you guys think of it? Do you think it's yay or do you think it's like, <laughs> oh man? What you do you guys discovered think? these emojis today, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you do you need it? No, I um, I I love I love not having any backstory because frankly. It doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter who you are if you're marooned on an island. Whatever skills you necessarily had in your life beforehand, whatever knowledge you, you know, whatever might have happened to you beforehand, does not really matter because you're on an island now. Like, unless yeah. you were a survivalist beforehand, unless you're Bear Grylls, it's like to him this is just another day at work, uh, except he can't order pizza this time. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it just it. You know, she's the same as anyone else. She's either gonna, you know survive through this and get rescued or she's going to die on this island it doesn't matter one bit who she is and i love hey, that the movie doesn't spend any time setting that up tell that to swiss army man because that guy <laughs> was very preoccupied with his love life yeah uh, <laughs> did you pa- see paul, that charlie yeah paul dano uh paul dano spends a lot of time contemplating things in his movies oh my god that movie is, oh, is so gross but interesting whoa yeah, yeah. What a perfect riddler, riddler for somebody to yeah. constantly <laughs> yeah. be contemplating. Yeah, that's that's a good call. That. I can't wait to see him as the Riddler. I think he's gonna crush it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all for everything. Like, just keep <laughs> making them. I don't care if they're good or bad. Just keep making them. I think that that whole cast to me was it was absolutely. I was excited about every single casting announcement yeah. for that movie. I'm Dude, looking the for the, the chef's kiss emoji here. I can't there's find no it. no chef's kiss emoji <laughs> in Skype, unfortunately. Mm. So uh, she buries Brad, and she sets up a tent at night. She Okay, it's important, guys. It's kind of a maybe a shallow grave. It's kind of accessible. So she sets up a tent at night, sets a fire with those matches finally, eats some fish. The next day... Jen drags a stick behind her as she explores. Kind of get a track behind her. I think it's like a breadcrumb kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, she finds a ghastly scene. It's back to the grave, and it's Brad, and he's dug up, and he looks eaten. Oh, yeah, he's he's fucked up. <laughs> if we didn't know it was Brad, we wouldn't know it was Brad. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's mutilated. Uh, so we cut to night. And uh, there's a new little... She sets up these little fires, and she needs big fires to get noticed. And that was kind of uh, 
the point of contention, at least for Katie, as we were watching, is those fires need to be bigger. <laughs> she's she's just obsessed <laughs> with pyro. She's a pyromaniac, so that's all that is. Yeah. Any opportunity in life is yep. an opportunity for arson. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> she wants that shirt, like most of all. She's making that shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, she, it's, she's already made ten of them. It's Katie. She, uh, yep. She sits guard with a stick at night. And uh, is a loud snap that wakes her later. Uh oh, and it's like I'll a tell slow. You what, it's only in movies that loud snaps scare people this much because, like, I don't think that there's any snap this loud in like reality. I've never heard a snap like this. That's all I'm saying. Like, did a whole tree just fucking come, come crashing down? Maybe. Well, uh, de- deserted islands are actually plentiful. Are plentiful with um, they're called snapping sticks. So there's sticks that have been specifically placed on these islands that when you step on them, they make louder cracking noises. It's actually the same thing they make glow sticks with. You know how when you crack a glow stick? They're actually filled with bubble wrap to actually enhance the sound. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You guys know about piano cats too, right? Wherever there's a piano, there's a lot of piano. In this island, there's a piano and a cat that jumps on it late at night to give another jump scare. (laughs) And that happens a lot. And uh, I almost, almost, almost... Want want my piano turned on overnight just to see if the cats jump up there. Uh, next day, she sees a floating objects in the water. They're not FedEx boxes, but she swims out and she grabs luggage, and uh, it's like a big plastic suitcase, like a rolly kind. And she looks underwater, and we see a giant black hole. Really interesting. What's the hell? So. It reminded me of like in the Mario water what levels where you go to that one area and you have to like swim under and then go back up and you're in that whole different section. <laughs> Terrifying. I liked it. Uh, awesome. The awesome visual though. The, yeah. the whole under the whole under the ocean. That just uh, the the second I saw that I think that's the moment I was like yeah I'm in let's, uh, let's yeah. do this let's see what's I saw, going well, on. When I saw it I was just like I want to I want her to go in there I want I want to see what's in that <laughs> hole like go to the hole. There's so much this movie does not cover that I'm sure people are clamoring for a sequel or a prequel or something in the universe to explain the black hole, which you don't really get, and you don't know you if don't the creature came from for it. Anything. Mm-hmm. It's literally just here's the situation and here's somebody dealing with it. It's not like here's the yeah. reason this situation happened. Here's the backstory behind yep. why he's so angry of a creature. Like we don't care. I mean, and, uh, you know, this is one of those movies where I think it's pretty clear that's the point. You know, this is yep. this is not, and also this is a this is a small independently made film. It didn't, you know, they didn't have a lot of money to make this. This isn't the sort of thing they weren't planning a franchise out of this, obviously. But I think this was a movie very, you know, designed to be. We don't have time to cover all this shit. We also don't have the budget for the CGI to cover all of this stuff. So yeah. you're gonna take what we give you. And there's like it's it would be contrived to find like ancient cave paintings that explain the story of the creature, you know what I mean, or right, something right. like that. And then it turns out somehow she's some expert in like ancient underwater hieroglyphics or something. Like yeah. somehow she's able to explain this thing. <laughs> or like the creature for some reason does it is, is an ally to just her, just yeah, her. Yeah. Um. So she brings luggage to the shore, and there's shoes, shorts, a blouse, and uh, she sees kind of. She's not too happy about the swimsuit, I think, <laughs> but she wears it, and she looks good in it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, at night, she wears some new clothes. A plane flies by. She grabs the flare gun. She shoots it, but she's a little late. Uh, yeah. But this is the the best scare of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. 
is when she shoots that flare gun and then the light starts to drift down. It's a big red flare, you know, light. Gets to that that line of the the water out in the the horizon, and you see just the outline of this strangest looking creature, like just uh, several hundred feet away, just looking dead on, like lifting out of the water like Jack Skellington at the beginning of Nightmare, where he's just like, oh shit, the Pumpkin King's here, guys. And I mean, you follow that flare all the way down from the you know the top, like that that shot follows all the way down. They don't cut back to her from the moment it starts falling from its peak and. You know, the, the whole time, it's like two seconds away from the shot being too long, and suddenly you start to get that figure. And it's tall, too. It's like, yeah. this thing looks like it's standing on the water. It. I'm not going to lie. It did, speaking of Shyamalan, it did kind of remind me of the alien from Signs. Just the its, its figure, its uh, the way it's shaped. But, uh, you know, th- this is not the news scene where it goes from behind the bushes. This is something yeah. else entirely. So, this is uh, more like the cornfield scene where you just get his leg kind of like going back behind the corner. You're like, oh, fuck. You're not going there. to be famous. So um, she sees uh, the creepy creature in the flare light and she runs into the, the jungle and it, it follows and she survives the night somehow. And I had to, I don't know about you guys, but I had to pump up the brightness on my TV to uh, watch the night scenes after this point. I was, yeah, I uh, I was getting dozy because of it being so dark at this point, and it was late at night, and I was already tired. I'm like, oh, I can't. I had to like, I had to stop the movie at this point, and then I'm like, I will watch it again tomorrow because it's too dark and it's gonna lull me to sleep. But then, uh, yeah, then I finished. I don't know. I I didn't. Maybe it's the way my TV was already set, but I didn't really have a problem. Uh, there, you know, I mean, it's not. And I, maybe it's not my TV though, because I will say that one infamous Game of Thrones episode with the, you know, where it was basically like, let's just turn all of the lights off. Let's yeah. do a huge battle scene. Yeah. Let's not light anyone or anything. It'll be super, like, you know, artistic and great. Yeah. Um, you, you imagine a better fight than what you were seeing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you didn't turn much. the brightness up, you'd probably still imagine a better fight than what you were seeing. So she survives the night. The next day, Jen packs a life. She It's kind of creative. She packs a life preserver in the suitcase, and she's going to use that as sort of a rudimentary raft in the water. Uh, she's in the swimsuit this time, and uh, she takes it out to the water, tries to make it. She goes, no, 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 not working. One of her few lines in this movie, in this section, is no, no, no. Cause yeah, it's basically, the first 40 minutes of this movie, <laughs> the dialogue consists of no, 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 and shit, yep. shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Which is real. Like, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, she gets uh, she gets pissed. She quits. And uh, she goes to uh, the tree tunnel later on, and she looks inside, and she crawls in feet first. And I'm wondering, what is she doing? This is no way to explore this, but I'm realizing she's just hiding there tonight, which is pretty (laughs) smart. (laughs) So night falls. Is it, though? Because maybe it is like those tunnels, like in the Friday the 13th remake, and it's all over this island. Oh, man. And it goes from the black hole. Yes, but remember, this is a Shane Black movie. Right. So. Predator, Jer. Think Predator. Right. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta the, think more Predator think than the than Predator. Think Predator Noir. He's solving a mystery of a hooker. It's the Predator, and he's trying to solve it. The Predator is the hooker. No, yeah, it's a Predator, <laughs> but he's a Predator detective solving the Predator hooker's death, and he teams up with a detective who is a so human who hates Predators. It's yeah. uh, Ryan Gosling. 
<laughs> I do you see the nice guys? To I get way watched off it. I watched it uh, two weeks ago, and then I went to visit my family, and I realized I wanted to watch a movie with my mom and my dad, and I realized this has enough good performance for my mom and enough TNA for my dad, and they both <laughs> loved it. They Love loved it. it. It's a great dad movie, The Nice Guys. Um, so cl- nighttime clouds cover the moon, so it's extra dark, and my TV's like, come on, bro. <laughs> And then your TV should be shut off because it thinks that it's not being used right now. Here's what I'll just say to be to be nice. I'll say don't watch this during the day with like a glare. Watch this in a dark room at night with the lights off. That's the best experience to get it in it or a theater. If you can find a black hole in the middle of the ocean, go to the watch the movie in the black hole and you'll get a better lighting situation. The third time I watched this when I watched it today. I was watching it on TV that has motion smoothing that you can't turn off. Ooh. So I will say, like, I'd rather watch it pretty dark than watch it in, you know, visibly with motion smoothing again. <laughs> there we get a little more monster action here, and uh, it kind of rolls her inside this log a bit, and it kind of caves in, and it's trying to get in. You can hear the the squealing, the clawing of the, the monster outside. I had uh, uh, the subtitles on, so it was like the monster chips, or like there's a lot of chipping or chippering. Chippering? Yeah. Uh, the next chippering day she, she comes out, and the log's in pieces, and she catches some little fishies, and we're thinking, that's her breakfast? No, she's she's making a chum bucket, and she hunts with a spear uh, in the water, and she impales like a little shark, and even that is not her lunch. She is going to use that as bait for the monster. She's going to hang love, it from a tree. I love that moment, too, because she gets it, and she's so excited that she gets it, and she has this moment. That's, the, here's another line that's, oh, shit. She just, she's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. shit. And she, she's looking around, like, trying to find someone to be like, can you believe I just did that? And it's like, oh, wait, I'm marooned on an island by myself. No one's going to believe me. And that's that's something a maroon would do. When they're marooned. Right, right. Did you see me? Oh, no, I'm alone. Oh, what a maroon. So that she <laughs> uh, finds... Uh... Okay, so she sets it up as bait, and the monster takes it, right? Mm-hmm. At night. And um, we get, like, just, like, little looks of it. There's this one sequence. It's coming up, I think, where the, the lightning strikes, and you just get the quickest frame of it. Um that's when she pulls a Katniss. That's coming up. So she uh, finds a new corpse washing ashore. It's mutilated. It's waterlogged. It's in half. And uh, she pulls what's left of him to shore. Is this somebody? This Who is. Was... So I believe her. I believe his name was, was later Zach. in the movie. They referred to him as Zach. And yeah, okay. we can assume that based on the later context, he was the other member of this group. Zach, whatever last name, and he is in half, and uh, she pulls what's left of him to shore. She hangs him up by rope as new bait, and uh, at night, there's another potential encounter. Yeah, there's a lot of this cycle of, like, mm-hmm. you know, surviving, and then, like, the next day, and then surviving a, a, a situation again, and I felt like, not that you can really, like, do with any less of it, like... But it was just something I was like, I needed something to break up I'll tell this you what. a little bit more, and I don't know what it would be. This is all I'll say is one all I'll say is when the two friends show up and they're survivors, it's like a shot of energy in this movie for me. 
when I'm watching it because I was starting to like think this is getting monotonous. It was. Uh, I'll I'll tell you those two characters entering this movie made it a shot of energy that I did not want because I did not like that fucking prick lucas emery cohen <laughs> fuck him and i'm saying that as an actor <laughs> fuck the actor playing that guy i thought that guy oh sucked. man really I really like, I, I hated him so much he was like a cross between like fucking luke wilson and uh colin farrell look at just the stupid like dumbass eyebrow look on his face and i thought his delivery was terrible i know i'm jumping ahead but he was just like a storm must always follows you like he's God. Uh, like, fucking like napoleon dynamite like fuck this guy <laughs> So I'll say I've seen him in like three other things. He was in this Netflix show called The OA, which is if you don't like him in this, you're not going to like him in that. That show's fucking weird. That's Britt Marling. That's she's she's out there. But he's in Brooklyn with uh, Saoirse Ronan and Domino Gleeson. And the three of them together were like the trifecta of acting that year. They, that was like that was the call outs was Saoirse Ronan, Domino Gleeson and Emery Cohen. So, so but he, frankly, he's kind of this. If you don't like him in this, you you wouldn't like him in anything else you see him in. If yeah. you just don't like him as an actor, you probably just wouldn't like him. I, I, I'm going to have to take your word for it because I don't want to <laughs> see this guy in anything ever again. I remember the only thing I've seen him in aside from this is uh, Place Beyond the Pines. And he's really going for it in that movie. He's like oh. he's got the the accent. Oh, man. Um, so Jen sets up a hammock up in the trees. This is the, to me, I call this the Katniss Everdeen method. She didn't set up a hammock, but she said, I got to take to the up in these trees to evade this danger. And it's pretty smart if you ask me. If I'm going to be marooned on an island, I'm probably going to go up in those trees if there's like a creature. I was a little confused as to like how she managed to tie the hammock up that high. Like and and get inside of it like i can see if the hammock is up there you can shimmy your way up a tree and like kind of climb and get into the sack but like, if you're up up there like i don't know i just what was she standing on on that she high it that high so here's one thing i will say about this movie that kind of stuck out to me and i actually thought of this in relate in relation to mike flanagan because I, I i get this from a lot of his movies like you can't be a fan of horror and not acknowledge one like all the tropes of the cliches of people making stupid decisions in movies. Uh, like I was listening to your the Lights Out episode here, and I I was just telling Dan I fucking hate that movie. I think that woman is so dumb. And like every never mind, I'm not gonna get into it. But I will say I think one thing this movie does really well that Mike Flanagan does in his movies really well is up until this point she has been set up very well as a pretty well put together character. Like uh -huh. she's she's made generally pretty smart decisions around the board. She hasn't done anything that we would say that's, you know, why are you running up the stairs when you could be running out the front door? So by this point, I'm kind of ready to believe her ability to do a lot of things that might not get explained on screen. Mm -hmm. I and I will I will say that as like maybe a compliment to the filmmaking. There's a lot of moments in this movie that I, I felt that way, but <laughs> I, I believe her ability to get a lot of this stuff to accomplish a lot of these tasks because of how I, she's been portrayed so far. So I mean, sure. I'll, I'll give her 100% credit that she could probably fashion and tie a hammock, but again, I don't think she can be 12 feet tall and I just think... suddenly have the arm reach to, to be able to tie it on both end ends and climb <laughs> up there and get in. I'm like, well, how did that happen? Well, don't she, underestimate Kiersey Clemens, Jeremy. It's true. <laughs> she took a little from Castaway. She took a little from Hunger Games. I think we can agree on that. And she's just surviving, you know? And uh, so later at night, there's a thunderstorm, and she wakes up in the hammock, and she has a little, little encounter with the monster. Uh, she had to... Uh, this is when I had to turn the brightness up even more. 
she uh, she stabs it with a spear. What happens? Though? She's up in the hammock, and it starts to, to drop pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I think it rattles the tree or something. Yeah, well, like it starts it, to... Yeah, like it grabs a rope, a rope like that. It, like it's pulling it down or something, yeah. Yeah, and, and she ends up uh, <clears throat> fleeing, and uh, she stabs it with a spear. Uh, it flees because it's wounded, and uh, the next day she's going to see that it doesn't even bleed like us. It has black blood. Um, so she catnesses it up that night in the rain, and the next day she bathes in water, and she sees something new out there. She swims I, out. That, to that was it. the other thing too. I'm like, where where was the soap? I don't remember seeing soap in this. Like, well, like it's fine, but like I also don't need this. Like, you could just, I I, I would imagine you smell. Like that's fine. You've been on an island. It's okay. We don't need you. Need you to. Whoosh. I was it's watching the cleansing uh, ritual of it. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. I was watching They Live last night for the first time. <laughs> really? Oh <Yeah>. man. <laughs> and um. What's his name? The lead, Roddy Roddy Piper. He yeah. um he plays a guy who's like a drifter, and it takes place over the course of a few days. And he he never showers. I'm like, but like he must smell so fucking bad in this movie. Like nobody his, wants to stand next to him. But his hair never loses its <laughs> luscious '80s body. <laughs> it is still Dude. as luscious as Brooke Shields' uh, hair ever was. I mean, he's <laughs> he's got that pert plus going for days. There, they're not like I'm sure it's been talked about to death, but that fist fight where he's trying to get Keith David to just put on the fucking glasses and they fight for literally ten minutes of screen time because he's put on the glasses. It's so it is the best. It's so great. <laughs> oh, so she 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 sees something new in the water. She swims out to get it, and it's a raft with two survivors: Jared's favorite actors, Emery Cohen and some <laughs> chick. Uh, some chick, and. They all eat and hang. They eat fish. They drink coke. It's a nice setup that Jen has was nice enough to share with them. And, and everything uh, from this point on for me is a different movie in my head than we're getting. You, you, I, my, my only answer to that in defense is where, where else can we go? But my thing was just like the at least in the way this fucking Emery's performance is, he performs as if he's like actually the killer. Or like actually the creature, like yeah, he he like, and that's what I really hated about it. I was just like, why do you have, like, let's forget, like that element of it. Just like, why do you even have about him? Like, and he's bitter about she was gonna dump him, so he's got psychological problems. You're on a fucking island now. Like, get like (laughs) ignore that shit. That shit goes out the window as soon as you. That's what Jen tries to tell him, you know. So so, but the fact that he even had that mentality at at point was just like rank false to me. I was just like, fuck you. Like you're on an on an island. Your shit go. So yeah, and you suck at acting. He's definitely. I think the character itself is written to be kind of. I mean, he he kind of comes off sort of like the the guy who would be like, you know, I'm the man, so I'm gonna take charge and make the decisions here. I mean, he comes off like a bit of a douchebag already, anyway, just from yeah. a character perspective. But one of the things from just context, this movie, like you know, we've talked about this movie doesn't give you a lot of exposition; it gives you a lot of context for you to build a story around. And yeah, bet- the the conversation between him and the girl who I, in the, I believe her name is Mia. Mm-hmm. All we know is that. 
they did not have a good time out on the open water. Like yeah. they, they did not, and they are to the point where, you know, uh, obviously I'm getting a little ahead, but she's like, let's get off this Island. And they're like, we are not going back out there. So it's, we know uh, that yeah. something happened out there, but we're this, the point of this movie is that not that, that we find out about that. So I think absolutely a part of me with his character and with Mia's character is that they've been whatever trauma that, uh, Jen has gone through they have gone through the, a trauma of their own that has got him on edge that has got her on edge that is just like yeah. it, but we, we're and, never going to get a backstory on their characters based on what was happening on the ocean and I accepted the fact that they did not want to get off the island in fact I was almost in support of him I was almost like yeah you know what give them a day to rest because they've just been out there and like yeah where are they going to go they've been stranded out there for at least a few days just like her but then when he's having that conversation with her and he's just like, and you weren't having a good time at my party, like, go fuck yourself. I at that point, as I seriously at that point, I was like, I hope that fucking creature rips his head off and I want to see it on the screen. I hate this guy. Well, <laughs> I think, A, that's part of what the narrative wants you to think. And B, it's like it's just that little shoehorn of like what Charlie's saying, context, not even exposition of uh, where what is, I guess. I don't know. It felt a little of where his mind's at. heavy. Mm-hmm. So actually, this is an uh, uh, interesting relation to 90 under 90, but I have watched Coherence twice in the past <laughs> couple days, actually. And uh-huh. I watched it. My friend, I made my friend Jamie watch it the other night, and I sort of watched it along with him. And one of the comments that was made is that in the midst of this like, clusterfuck of multiple universes colliding on each other, this woman is like the the woman is upset because she told her husband told a story that he experienced with his yep. ex girlfriend as yep. opposed yeah. to her. And it's, Jamie's like, to my friend Jamie's like, who fucking cares? You're yeah. you're like you're spiraling into infinity, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't I, matter. But... I think there's people like that whether you like it or not, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, but you know what? Call him out even further than she did. She's just like, hey man, not now. But I'd be like, fuck you. you Maybe fuck she's scared of him a little. I don't know. Yeah, that could be too. Didn't she grab his knife at that point? At that point, stab the fucker. (laughs) We do get, I'm not going to get too into this because Dan, I know we'll get to this, but we do get a little bit more context on her background coming up very soon from Mia. So they have, they do mention that they have some precedent to sort of not believe her or to treat anything she says with some hesitancy. But even read between the lines, tip of the iceberg, like pretty much everything in this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can glean that she has a history of playing the victim or lying about her situation. And I've known something like that. Yeah. I've known people who were like that. Um, but again, at the same time, it's just like, what to what benefit would she have to make up all this bullshit when she's been on this island by herself? Like, I, I you know, I would not be so immediately like, okay, Jen, you're like, just like, fuck you, man. So, but like, yeah. th- I think about this, I'll say, is um, for one thing, I actually, as much as I love this movie and I actually love her character all the way through pretty much, mm-hmm. I don't agree with her decision to leave the island. Like, even if they have the raft now and she wants to get off because of this creature, I still don't think it's a very good idea because what the fuck are you going to do out on the open sea? You have, like, no food. I mean, you're not near anywhere that you know of. But right. it's, imagine – I try and yeah. – yeah. I try and imagine what if we had watched the other movie where we didn't follow her. We followed, you know, your favorite actor yeah. ever and this girl. <laughs> 
and we get to the island and she's like let's get the fuck out of here i would probably be saying are you kidding after everything that just happened on the ocean let's stay here this island yeah. has trees it has but shelter. again if if i'm stranded on the ocean for a couple of days and i land on an island and i'm granted yes i'm like finally we found like land where we we can create a little bit of shelter or safety I would not immediately be like, if somebody's there and she's like, hey, there's a fucking creature on this island. We need to get out of here. I wouldn't be like, oh, you have a history of lying. Like, I, I, yeah, why right. would I believe you? Like, go, go fuck, fuck yours. Man. You're, stand, you're more of a stand-up guy, Jeremy, than Emery Cohen. Yes, so. I guess I am. The conflict in movies gets under Jer's skin, <laughs> as it should, as it's designed to, you know? Yeah, just, uh, and also just shitty actors playing roles as if they're <laughs> monsters themselves. Like, go fuck yourself. It's Emery. Um, em, what's his middle name? Bored. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> right. I am bored watching him. What's uh? You could share that one with your mother. That's a joke appropriate that I approve of from ninety yeah. under ninety. Um. So uh. So where where are we? So there. She wants. Yeah. She's saying they should leave. She says it's not safe. She says there's a monster. They don't believe her. And uh, they do mention. And it's just in one line. Charlie alluded to it. Mia says it. She says. You, yeah, well, we, you, we weren't so sure about you when you were talking about the, your mugging just before this all happened, right? There's a lack of credibility that they think. You know, right. There's two Be- sides to every story, though. Because at that point, they had just read the Jussie Smollett story on uh, on the They're internet. Cynical, and they were like, I don't, yeah. I don't trust you, Jen. They're super cynical and racist. Yeah. yeah. And thinking of it now, I will say, Jeremy, to your point of him being an asshole, I, I, I think having watched it again today, the script is probably actually tr- like more purposefully setting him up as an asshole than I probably thought of before just based on Emery Cohen's performance because then he has that whole speech about like where are you gonna go you know yeah I, I pay for your whole life you're nothing you're worthless like he what? definitely comes off like that controlling and he, he's the one let's not forget he's the one who calls her titular sweetheart I'm not even being cheeky I think what they're trying to do is some kind of uh, a fuck you to the gen like gender roles gender constructs and I think he represents that sort of toxic male I guess I don't know. That's fine, but like, like I said, because of the way he behaved and treated uh, her, I wanted to see him die painfully. <laughs> That's and, good. Uh, I know? didn't, I didn't quite get what I wanted, but um, he does die. Spoilers. Not, not the way I wanted him to go down, down the way the fucking creature went, yeah. went down the end. Quite frankly. There's so many directions the movie could have taken. One of which could have been he was possessed by what something that came out of the black hole, and it gets even more. I don't know, Linda Lofty, you know. Um, what? They just do, kind of went different ways. But don't you think that they like? I don't like when movies do that, and maybe they weren't intending to do this, but I feel like they were dropping hints at something that they weren't like. They were dropping fake hints because like she looks at the knife and she sees something on the knife blood. that looks like blood, I guess, well, and she. So she's like, what happened? And then she gets on the raft later and she sees blood she's again. So blood. in my head, in that moment, in my head, I'm like, oh, did they kill that, that one guy and make it look exactly. like, like they're like coral or something like that? But no, that's not the direction we're going. It's just he's an asshole. Well, and that's it. Well, they do. What I think it, it is commenting on, though, is that not not Brad, but they killed Zach. Like yeah. they killed the guy who's who who. Uh, showed up on shore cut in half i'm not saying I they cut so. him in half yeah. i mean maybe they did maybe they cut his legs off and they ate his legs i mean we don't know i don't know how long she's been there but the knife is you know there's a lot of blood on that raft there's, and, and all there's, so, the- there's so much this movie does not tell you that uh i would say i haven't seen a movie like this uh in a long time where they don't hold your hand you know 
And she uh, asked them what happened to Zach because Mia comments that they were all on the raft together and they won't tell her. They they really yeah. they beat around the bush in terms of what happened to Zach. So we have to – that's what makes him them more suspicious though is we have to assume that they killed him. We have to yeah. assume that you know he is the villain that you are like painting Jared, him out to you, be, which I do believe he is. Did you think that? Yeah, I mean, I, I at this point okay. I'm like, oh, they both were in on something, and they killed one of these other people yeah. here, and they're gonna turn on this girl now too, and mm-hmm. it's just it's not the way that we go. It, it almost feels yeah. like, well, why are you, like, for a movie that doesn't give us anything, why are you giving us this to mm-hmm. like just to throw us off? Almost, I don't like when movies do that. Like, well, it just, is like, such just a throw tight... shit in there to fuck with with you. It is such a tight movie that it, it's racing to the finish line and it is trying to scramble. It, it feels almost like it is like, let's find an ending that feels okay and not so contrived. The Emery Cohen, you have to project that he's a really desperate man in this situation and he has recently murdered and uh, he's not well. But that's a lot of projecting. There's a lot of reading between the lines, like I said. And and here's the other thing. To what reason would they murder this guy on the raft? Like, well, they can't use him for meat like they have no way of cooking like the body so like it's not a, a, a I mean unless this guy attacked them but in that case why would they be so quiet about like that what they did, did to him would just be like we had to had to yeah he attacked us and we had to like kill him like why would they unless they were they were being malicious about it about it what are they hiding I don't mm-hmm. understand you know, if it, the Mia comes off like she's completely traumatized by anything that did, you mean she uh, happened on the ocean? She comments about like you don't know what it's like out there. You don't know what happens out there. I mean, we've yeah. seen plenty of like we've seen plenty of like stranded you know movies or even just stranded on the ocean movies to see you know the whole ocean madness thing. And mm-hmm. I could, and I will bring this back to the you know us not getting any background on her character, very little dialogue from the beginning. This is movie very much just puts us right into the middle of this situation. So. Mm-hmm. Let's say this were to happen in real life and, you know, they're not going to not kill someone just because we're not going to see, you know, we're not going to see it. This is this could have happened, but it's not important to the story that's happened. It's not important to the moment presently happening in the movie. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it should be, but yeah, yeah. like, yeah, It, it feels like this needs to go somewhere. Otherwise, like, why do we even need this? Otherwise, it's just like there's a bit of that. There's a feeling of that. I'll admit it, it it the last like half hour of the movie feels a little bit like they're just throwing in some extra mystery to get to the final obstacle. Like it, it almost feels like we it, not padding the time, but padding the plot spicy. almost. They're adding some spicy spices to the mix. You know? Yeah, I totally get that. I think maybe I personally really enjoy maybe from a horror perspective or even from a theater perspective, because this is something theater does a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, because you can't show a passage of time as easily in theater as you can in film. But I really enjoy when movies or plays put in these little Easter egg-like moments of something giving you an idea that something else happened here. So maybe I, that might just be a personal preference of mine, that I enjoy getting little things like that. I like letting my imagination go a little wild there. Yeah. I like, like it when it leads see, yeah. to something, yeah. Um, I'll, ask, <laughs> that's, that's I'll, all. Ask, <laughs> I'll ask a broader question for you guys. I like when there's a human element to your creature feature, and it's almost in many ways more dangerous than the creature like The Mist and Marsha Gay Harden in that movie. Harding in that movie, something like that. Do you guys like that, or do you want to focus on just the creatures in your creature feature? I mean, 
I don't know because that's that's two different movies. You get the movie where it's just like we're just de- defending ourselves from an unstoppable force, and then you got a movie where you're like dealing with a personality and a person and how you're going to navigate that. I don't the, know. The like good ones seem we you know see, uh, seamlessly weave the two. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, this is actually I what I put in my my letterbox review of the of Sweetheart today after watching it the third time is that so the thing is probably one of my top five favorite movies. I that's a movie that I've seen probably thirty or forty times, and I think one of the reasons I love it besides the fact that it's basically in them there were none um, is that the thing perfectly balances the whole creature versus human aspect of the situation the paranoia yeah yeah i mean the one line you know obviously that movie is the practical effects are you know the the you know the star of that film but that one scene when mccready's sitting there recording you know he's making the recording right towards the end of the film and he's talking about the desperate state they're all in and he records that line no one trusts each other anymore and he goes back and he deletes it it's this that aspect of these creature features to me is probably my favorite part of it because I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think the little bit of any time that, cause generally the creature features I don't like are the ones that don't have any human aspects. I don't give a shit about the people that are dying or being affected by this. If the whole point is just how much you see the creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this is something I was going to I'll comment on more later, uh, not to sideline too much, but I think this movie more than any I've seen in a very long time perfectly like I think the director perfectly figured out how much to show the creature and how soon mm. so maybe again from my personal preference I think he nailed exactly how much you show and how soon you show it I think we got enough of it at the end and I was wondering if we would because it's a slow burn to reveal the look of the creature I'll say mm-hmm. and that's because they're dealing with such a small budget you know yeah, I think as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing I don't like creature features in general just because like <laughs> or at least I do it like a quiet place where it's just like, OK, these are people and they're dealing with their re- with the resources that they have figuring out a way to deal with this, you know, and it's not about the drama that the family has. There's nothing else going on. It's just like, let's survive this. And like, that's that's all that we need to worry about. I like that mm-hmm. or I like something else entirely i don't know i'm not a big horror guy like honestly right like, right nightmare on elm street are like my horror movies because they're half comedy by the end you know like that's really all that like scream the same thing is like i need a healthy dose of comedy in my horror but it can't be a horror movie that you would call a comedy like it's a weird balance that's the hard thing with creature features is that they especially a creature feature for horror i'm not gonna be able to stop saying creature feature um <laughs> for for horror is they ride the line to getting silly so closely every time. Yeah, sure. It's so easy for a, a creature feature to become silly. And oftentimes it's because you're showing too much of the creature too often because you want to, uh, but if you don't show enough, the audience is pissed off. They're not satisfied. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of, but also the design of it is going to be a big part of it. Like I think of um, Spielberg's war of the worlds. I mean, I think that, I don't think that movie is great in general anyway, but okay. the reveal, the reveal of the aliens in that is so disappointing. They're just, you know, they, they, they've set up so much destruction and so much, you know, just terror in the first like hour and a half of the movie. And then is you get it, the, uh, in Tim Robbins's basement. Is that the yeah, part? Okay. Yeah. And they, they look like the children of the aliens from independence day. Like they've got big, <laughs> big puppy dog eyes and they're just there. I don't, I don't even remember what they look like. The only thing I remember about that 
whole movie is like the scene where they're hiding out from what looks like the that like eyeball guard and like Jabba's palace that comes out. Like I just remember some weird like almost like the trash monster from Star Wars like going through the like weaving through the basement. That's all I remember. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example though. Is like I mean, War of the Worlds isn't like necessarily a creature feature, but a good creature design uh, used the appropriate amount, used the right way, can be the most effective part of the film if you haven't seen it too much. The more mm-hmm. you see it, the more power you're taking away from it to scare us, to even create I, any sort of tension. I agree with that. And uh, I mean, as it pertains to this movie, do they find the balance? Yeah, I don't. I, it sat fine with me. As I think about it, it sits fine with me. So I we think get so. One, we get one very, very clear shot of the creature's head, neck and head, underwater towards mm-hmm. you know towards the end. But then yeah. But and it's, it's a, you mentioned how it like it, it straddles funny. I look I when he when we got that look, I was like, he's kind of funny. He's like, <laughs> you know what? Looking. I will say what I liked about it is that he didn't look like a giant insect. And I do feel like too many creatures and aliens and monsters More like a shark. Yeah, like I, I feel like too many of them these days look like bugs and like insects or mantises or something like that. But the, yeah, this definitely looked like like we said, it looked like he belonged on the Flying Dutchman. It, like it, he's been he's been he's been on for twenty years and he's really gone fishy. It looked like a Sally Hawkins from uh from the Shape of Water dumped the dumped the creature and he got pissed and sort of went on like a murderous rampage. He let himself go. Yeah, he really let himself go. Grew a couple more eyes and then you know. Uh, yeah. Um. Of course, so back to the story. Of course, yeah. they don't believe her. <laughs> she mentions the black hole. Uh, Lucas says they should wait for others. Jer agrees. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, Jen tells them Brad's dead. She tells Lucas that the monster dug up Brad and, like, ate him. And uh, she shows them the black blood on her spear. And she's still not really getting the support she needs. Jen has... These individual convo- convos later with both Lucas and Mia. And like for Mia, all we learned from that scene is uh, what we mentioned earlier. Mia's like, you don't know what it's like out there. We really don't. You can <laughs> read yeah, between you're those right. lines. Um, and then she goes and talks to Lucas. And this is when we get, uh, and we already mentioned this. He says, what are you going to do without me, basically? Because I know what your intent was before all this happened. and I'm, I, I pay for your entire <laughs> life. Yeah. What are you gonna do without me? God. <laughs> Very Napoleon Dynamo. What are you gonna do about your tots? God. <laughs> so uh let's see. Uh Jen yeah, she has this conversation. She says she needs him to believe her. Uh she'd rather die on a raft than on this island. Which she I, looks, I will yeah. say in that moment, that's like she should have gotten slapped in the face because like they just spent four oh. days on the raft. Like, don't say I'd rather die on the raft than be here. Wow. Like, just poor choice of words. I thought like, shut up. That's what you thought. I, yeah. I, as, I'm much kinda, as, I'm, as much as yeah. I'm on her side, I, I do feel like you want to slap her in the face when she says she I, wants I want, to leave the island. I want Mia to slap her in the face oh, and be like, okay. bitch, I just got off the uh, like the ocean. Give us a night. They murdered Zach, Jer. They murdered Zach. I don't you, know. You, you, you do kind of get your wish with Mia slapping her in the face. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Does. That was the wrong time. I, it, I, it was soon. I was like, no, I don't like Mia. I want her to die now, too. <laughs> so, uh... Jen looks at their knife, and there's dried blood. And as soon as I see that, I'm thinking these guys are villains, and it's just a matter of time before they do something to Jen. So uh, exactly. 
I'm expecting, and I guess they're like not giving us what we expect, but at the same time, they're teasing something that they're not going to give us. Which I'm okay with. And Jen grabs food to load up the raft, but the two aren't coming, so Mia suggests they light a huge fire. And this is when we get Lucas saying, Sweetheart, are you even listening to me? We are not getting on that fucking raft. Sweetheart, sweetheart. And Jen wades in the water. She takes a look at them on shore. And then she makes a plan. She's, she grabs the flare gun, some fish, coconuts. Same thing she was going to take with them when she invited them. Now, fuck them. She's going to take the raft. She's and also, they're be... clearly fucking now, too. They, like, they, they got busy on that raft. Mia and, uh, and Emery, Emery Board Cohen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jen steals the raft, uh, you know, pushes it out to the water, and of course they notice, because she's like right, she, you would think she'd go to the other side of the island or something, but she's yeah, like no. right in, in view of them, and they chase her, and she, she kicks Mia in the head, and Mia whacks her with a paddle, and it's fucking gnarly, because she's got a big gash, and she's underwater, passed out, and, uh, we cut to nighttime. She wakes up. She's tied to a tree because why wouldn't she be? And uh, since this is a Shane Black movie, there's a, there's a torture <laughs> scene here. Yeah. Uh, Endo comes in with the uh, the electric uh, thing, and he's Mia uh, apologizes for uh, hitting Jen, and uh, Mia says Jen uh, lied about being mugged before they left. So you know your care, you're not your your reputation. You know it's not not that credible. You know. But hey, you're on a fucking island, so maybe who cares? <laughs> Mia gives Lucas and Jen time alone, and uh, he makes her promise she'll relax before he unties her. And uh, he says, uh, "There's always a he says there's always a black cloud hanging over your head. Like basically, you're a negative Nancy. You've always have been. Every time I'm with my friends, you're a Debbie Downer." Why you gotta be that way? Like, oh god! Like, and I, I get the movie's trying to paint this guy this way, but like, fuck you, man! Like, you've all been through this trauma. Like, who cares about that shit anymore? Shut up, Amory. God, God. She loves Lucas, but now is not the time to talk. And uh, we learn Lucas's motivations. To me, he's he's bitter, and he's got he's harboring a lot of resentment about this relationship. Which, yes, we should, we can all agree should be set aside in in favor of survival. But uh, Mia walks in the water, and we know she's gonna die or something, right? <laughs> she she sees fish guts or remains of fish in the water, and uh, you know, go back to Luca. Lucas says Jen's starting to sound like Zach. And she says, what happened to Zach? And then we do, we hear a scream. And we're interrupted. And uh, the monster attacks Mia. And, like, this is it, the M.O. of the monster to, like, hit somebody and they go flying, like, ten feet away. This yeah, happens yeah. a he, few times. He's, but, he's got strength. Yeah, a lot of strength. He, he you know what it is? Luke. It's because it's he's, he's a swimmer. He's got those swimming muscles. His arms are real powerful. Oh, yeah. He's got, he's got a... And every, just like uh, with Solidarity, every year he dyes his hair blonde and shaves it, just like our swim team did. Yeah, yeah. That cult of a swim team we had. So, uh, the monster attacks Mia, and she gets pulled under. There's like a little moment of suspense where she locks eyes with Emery Board Cohen, and she gets yanked <laughs> under. And uh, it's it's gnarly. Jen escapes her binds in the meantime, by the way, and she... Uh, she now that fucking Lucas sees what's going on, he's like, "Okay, I believe you. Let's run." And they yeah. run. 
Fuck you. Too little, too late, Emery. Yeah. Next day. I never. Lucas. I swear, I've never hated a character so much when we, during while while doing this show. Like, are you sure? I don't know. I, I I'd have to go back and listen, but like, I feel like this is one of the most hated characters that I've ever experienced. We're gonna I do not, a special. I gotta be honest. I love it. I love that you hate him so much. Your <laughs> anger is like your anger is like sustaining me here. I know, and oh, I never to. I never get this angry on this show, I but I am furious. It's interesting to be the middle because usually I'm in your shoes and pe- I see people amused at my anger, and it just makes me angrier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad, glad you guys are getting something out of it. I'm just like, yeah, it's a movie, and it's Emery Board Cohen, and uh, who's probably oscar one day you think so yeah he, no. he was supposed to they were like talking to I, I, whether or not he should win an oscar he's he's starting to get the um the up like hollywood breakthrough buzz right now he's yeah. in that position right now so well, i'll tell you what if any Brooklyn. if any academy member is thinking about giving him an oscar let me just point you to this movie and uh make you maybe reconsider that oh man <laughs> um it's interesting because in Place Beyond the Pines, it was him and Dane DeHaan, one of another one of Drew's oh, favorites. And God, they that would were, be don't like Dane DeHaan. They no. were like, and I swear, what the director Derek C in France compared him to, he said like it's like watching young Brando, Emery Cohen, and it's like watching young James Dean. And I was like, these guys are like young Mavericks that I want to watch here. And uh, Emery Cohen, he's he's making a lot of bolder choices in that movie. And I, I think I'm on Team DeHaan, long story short, See, over this Cohen. Is, this is funny because uh, Chronicles, probably one of my favorite, I would call it, superhero movies. And uh, I did not hear you this angry about Dane DeHaan in the Chronicle episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just have a problem with his eyes. Jer, like, I think know. you're on Team DeHaan, which I like. High five. I will take take yeah. I Team Dead Eyes over Team Emery any day. <laughs> I'm 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 on I'm there too. I'll go okay. with Dane DeHaan. All right, we're all we're all in agreement there. I'm good. I'm glad. You guys are gonna love, by the way, my super hot take by the end of this that I'm gonna hype <laughs> oh. a little bit more here. Okay. I'm and good. I actually, in preparation, not only still have my FedEx package <laughs> with the I angel have wings. Two FedEx packages oh, now. Shit. The second get... one had uh, an ice skate in it. Yeah. Did say, somebody you don't know what's in this one? Did it wash up ashore while we were doing this episode? Yeah, it did good uh so they run next day now lucas is pulling a katniss and he's hesitant to leave the trees up high and that's a i don't know if it was intended to be funny or not but like that stupid look on his face like you said he wouldn't come out like in the daytime like such a puss um and it looks like these two are finally gearing up to leave. Uh, he's now in favor of that. And Jen checks the old campsite for supplies. And she has a plan. And this does not come to fruition like uh, Coherence did when it comes to pills, does it? Because she grabs that bottle. And what was she even planning to do with the bottle? Another that, Chekhov's bottle that doesn't go anywhere. And, you know, that's, that is, I think, one of the only things. And I was thinking of that right at the beginning of this of this episode when you were talking about finding the the old stuff is she finds this bottle of pills one I, I don't know uh my dad's a doctor and the first thing my dad would say is do not take anything out of that bottle don't even like you know that bottle's at least 20 years old anyway but we're yeah. never really told we this is the the one big thing with this movie for me where the lack of where the context isn't enough is we're not told what the medication is looking at the right. name of the medication is going to give us enough information and there isn't enough for her to like 
poison this monster. It's not like she would necessarily, maybe she's intending if she needs to give it to him when they're on the raft, just in case that's where I would. So if we had to make like some sort of like your own determination, yeah. I would say she's taking it in preparation of needing to do something to Emery Bord Cohen. <laughs> uh, if, if he gets violent on the raft because of the history of with Zach. And, and, and once again, it's like, it's consistent, at least with the brand of the movie is you're going to have to come up with that stuff yourself, you know? Yeah. So she finds the pills from earlier in the sack. She takes them. She goes back to Lucas, loading up the raft to go. They push it out to the water. She sees dried blood all over the floor of the raft. And we can infer that Zach was killed, and it's not really a big deal as far as the narrative is concerned. They see a figure underwater, and yeah, Emery Cohen, Emery Board Cohen gets very worried. He says, you said it was only going to be nighttime. You know what I thought would have been great in this moment is if it wasn't a creature at all. It's just a fuck fucking shark. Like, they have one one more to deal with now. Like, got Jaws coming after them. I just watched Jaws the Revenge for the first oh, time. Oh, gosh. The fact that this shark specifically came and found the family responsible for the other shark's <laughs> death. Vendetta. <laughs> I a love shark that. Vendetta. I love the idea of that. Michael now, Caine chose to be in that movie. It, in 2021, if they made a movie of, with that premise where it's like the octopus knows you guys fucked him over and like he goes <laughs> to their house at Martha's Vineyard somehow, I would like, watch that. It gives I know what you did last summer a whole new meaning. We can <laughs> rewrite the whole movie. Oh. I know what you did at Hilton Head two <laughs> spring breaks ago. Uh, so he, yeah, they push it there. She sees the blood. They see the figure. They, something pops up, and now we get some like practical scares, like some poking underneath the raft, and they're freaking out. And then eventually, like. The fin, I guess, pierces the bottom of the raft, and you get its little head come up and goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't literally, but it, it like looks like it does. It, it basically does. Yeah. Ah! And, um, it pops through the raft floor, and the weird it's got a weird shark head. And it, what, do you guys honestly, I like this character design. It is, it's not an insect, which is like, seems like a preloaded effect in 2020 like on a computer you know do you do you want the mantis alien or do you want the grasshopper alien? yeah like, that's what they give you now <laughs> now i uh i really like the character the creature design and i mm-hmm. think that and again i'll go back to what i said before there's no creature feature design that is going to be so good that after looking at it for more than you know maybe a 10 second shot we're not going to be like oh, okay we've seen it now that's it not scary anymore so i think they came up with a good design that was human enough humanoid enough but still foreign and alien enough but they never lingered on the head too long for you to be like, look how cute and silly it is. Because like you said, that moment when it pops up in the raft, it does kind of yeah. seem like a, it's going, ah. <laughs> but but we don't get, it cuts too quickly for us to really, you know, linger uh, on that for too long. Reminds me of, uh, sorry, Jerry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and thank God they dropped the audio of him going, because ah, like, that, really, <laughs> that really would have taken the moment. <laughs> it's Dave DeHaan, actually, he did that. He dubbed yeah. it. But what was I going to say? Oh, I liken it to The Descent, which they were kind of ugly and adorable and puggish in their own way, but they were fucking scary in that movie, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They also, I mean, The Descent is probably my favorite horror movie, I'll it's say. So I could really get into, good. I could, yeah, I could get into hours about that. But every every creature in that movie was a dancer. Uh, they cast dancers. Oh, is for that, that right? Movie. 
So talk about like, oh. yeah. So physical movement was a huge part of that because those things could have looked. Granted, in the second movie, they definitely make them look stupid. So <laughs> we don't have to get in. It can pretend the second one doesn't exist. Um, here's here's something that happens here, and I, I like it's just on on theme to fight your creature with a flare or a spear gun or something. If you like, it's just nautical. It's it's on brand, and they. It, it was so it, silly to me. Like in that, like I, I get it. Like it's the weapon that you have. And you're gonna use what you have, but at the same time, you're in a raft that's like basically a tent on, a, a, like a floating tent, and you're shooting at a, a, a well. fair, and it just basic basically bounces off of his skin and just starts like <laughs> swinging inside the raft. raft. Like yeah, that helped. That was a good, yeah, good idea. These, these are the moments when I try and say, okay, if I was in this situation, would I be right. thinking about the science of this raft? Am yeah. I gonna blow myself up? I would just. <laughs> shoot whatever <laughs> i've got right i'm with you i'm totally with you i'm totally with you but i always try and yeah every time i have a moment where i'm like are you serious dude and then i think okay what would i do what right would i do i try to think that too that's why we always like i play the game like once we were used to sit around with like jared and kev like and we'd be like if there's a creature that burst out of the cat's head right now and it was like a scorpion what would you do and we did, had different answers at the time like jared was like i'd grab a knife just <laughs> grab, grab a knife <laughs> i love horror movies i've watched a ton of horror movies. I know every tactic everyone's ever used, and I yeah. will be the first one to admit in any of these situations, I would probably be the first one to scream, par- get paralyzed with fear, and die. Oh. I, I, I can I can fully admit that and come with you know with pride at this point in my life. Not pride, but you know without shame. Yeah, you can uh, confidently say I will scream like a bitch and yeah. freeze. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we get we get here, let's talk about something that is effective in this scene. It's when the creature pulls it scoops her up, Jen, and it takes her under, and there's no sound. It's because yeah. it's we're underwater, and, and he's we, just holding her with here with worm too. Yep. Like that's pretty cool looking. It's one of the I think it's one of the coolest scenes in the entire movie is just being under there with those guys, and it's just the feeling of hopelessness. And then finally she gets out that old knife, she stabs it. Right? Is this where she starts? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She stabbed. I will always love an image like this. And every time they, I would never get tired of seeing this like 20 times, but anytime you get an image of this creature dragging someone towards that black hole, that will, that will always stick with me. And I think I will always like that. I just, there's something about the way they did that black hole. That's just like seeing that creature going towards it with someone in hand. is just like, Jesus Christ, what horrors, what horrors await you in in the realm of Cthulhu under the ocean. Oh my, that's how I felt watch, watching Gravity. Gravity is my, like, the scariest movie I've ever seen. Because, like, when she's just spinning out and, like, she's out of orbit, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there's nothing up there. You're yeah. just floating yeah. to your nothing. death. Space yeah. is your is your realm of Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's not as cool to be, like, the exec and the producer to say, guy, I want to know what's in that black hole, you guys. Like, writers, what do you have cooking up for us, you know? But, We're going to need to see the black hole. Yeah. We need to go into the black hole. But I kind of do. Um, I want to. I want to see a hole at, at least under there. And we get a... We, at this point, uh, we I should mention with this is when we do get the good look at the creature's face. And he's like, ah. And... Um, it's cute and it's scary. It's the longest shot we get. It's the yeah. longest one we get, and it's it's any it, uh, so many times in this movie. I say one second longer of that shot, and it would have been too mm. much. I agree. Um, the raft washes ashore. So does Jen. She's trying to start up an old fire from earlier, and it works. 
And uh, uh, like I said, she's amazing with fire in this. She does the exact opposite of Tom Hanks in Castaway. <laughs> she's able to to revive a dying fire. We we might have glossed over it real quickly, but like uh, Emery Borg Cohen is is dragged down to yes. Yes. dragged down into the into the the black hole of the under Cthulhu realm. That's right. He Jared? tries. He he yeah, jumps into trying to trying to save her, and then yeah. the monster's just like, "Oh fuck you, girl! I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take him." <laughs> I did like that when he's just like, oh, what's that over there? (laughs) (laughs) See, there you go. There's the gay subtext. It's the creature from the Black Lagoon, but he's actually gay. Charlie, there it is. There you go. No, no, I got a time out, time out, time out here. That's the hot take, my friend. Here, let's pause. Oh, God. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay, you liked Invisible Man, right? Yeah, I loved it. Because it's a different approach to a classic universal horror villain, right? It's yeah. it's fresh. It's cool. Oh, my God. What if this was just replaced with the creature from the Black Lagoon and this is the setup? You don't need the exposition. You don't need the lore. It's just there and you got a survivor on an island and it's that. That's my pitch for like the filmmakers should have made like creature from the Black Lagoon like this, you know? Well, I love that. Yeah. I, li- I do oh, like shit. that idea. Isn't Bloomhouse like doing the new... Like, uh, who did Invisible uh, Man? Wasn't that them? Yeah, I that was the So there you go. They could just retroactively say, yeah, this was Creature, sure. Dude, that's my pitch, is just that's... make this Creature. Sweetheart oh, from the Black I Lagoon. That. I mean, I... well, if you, if you think about it, like, the way the, the movie plays, I mean, exactly, you're totally right. The way the movie plays out, it has totally has all this sexual subtext under it from the... The, you, or at least you could apply all the sexual subtext. I wasn't even thinking about that shit. stuff. I was just like creature feature, but done like in a modern, fresh way, you know. And I just like creature from the Black Lagoon, you know. That is great, it is, man. It's cool. definitely the um, uh, least appreciated uh, of the Universal monsters. <laughs> and it would I would be say. appreciated, I think, from a modern audience if it was just like here it is, and it's terrifying, you know. Right. Like, I honestly I know. don't know how you can remake Dracula or Frankenstein and do something new with it at this point. Like, Ooh. but at least Creature is just like, well, it's just kind of a, a C thing. I don't know. Like, we, we, you know, you can do more with it. Creature was my family's horror. Like, if, if anyone had their horror movies uh, when they were kids, like, ours was Creature from the Black Lagoon. So, like, Creature okay. and the Return of the Creature, that was our big ones. Um, and then when I found out Mystery Science Theater 3000 did a Return of the Creature episode, I was very, yep. very satisfied. We watched like, that one. We watched it when it <laughs> aired because that was when they relaunched on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Because yeah. they used to be on Joel? Comedy Central. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was a that was a sadness right there. <laughs> Mike well, Nelson in place of Joel Hodgson. And now he's being uh, replaced by Jonah Ray. Yeah. I was going to say Oof. better than Jonah Ray's version. Um, Oof. All right, well, no, I'm gonna go ahead and cross out Dan's take here on my FedEx box. <laughs> yeah, there it cool. is. Oh, there and it. what was inside? It's the copy of the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> this pack this saved, saved my, my life. <laughs> so, uh, she, um, where are we? She washes ashore, tries to start a uh, work. She starts up the old fire. She opens her old diary, and now she writes a letter to serve as some sort of proof. And I put that in quotes because that's what she says in her little uh, her voiceover here. And she digs up an old skull as she's going on about, basically, this is where we get our exposition. 
some bodies washed ashore. Zach, Brad, uh, the a monster. Emery Board Cohen showed up with Mia, and she finds a bunch of skeletons underground, those graves from earlier. And she does something very smart. She fashions knives, blades out of these fucking skeletons, and uh, she's going to defend herself against this thing. And uh, she sets up uh, stick like tents with like grass kindle. And it's like a trap. You can clearly see that she's she's doing something here. It's he's home aloneing it. Yeah, I, there's, I a, there's been plenty of these movies where I've wanted it to be home alone in the third act, and this one kind of gets there a little bit. Watch <laughs> Becky with that new one with Kevin James as the Nazi. It's an awesome movie. I don't know if I want to sit through a Nazi movie, man. I honestly, I don't know if I can handle a Nazi movie at this point. And in, in, maybe give me a few more years when he's out of office, and then I can watch a Nazi movie for entertainment. That's fair. Nighttime, a monster emerges from water, and it's like from the back too. And you see him; he's like staring down, like, "Look at this island. Ah, what's and that?" He monster falls for literal bait. She leaves Chum again. This time, he's now. She sets a fire to that Kindle, those sticks, and uh, she creates a ring of fire around the monster. And it's kind of useless because he gets through it pretty handily. Uh, but it gives her time to grab spears and, and, her, and her bones, and she gets a lot of good stabs in because she has to, because this thing is is strong. She, uh, it's a boss. It's a boss fight. It it really is. It really feels like a video game level. It's 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 so weird how, like, just because of the nature of video games these days, that like so many movies, you could just be like, oh, it feels like they got this from a video game. But it also kind of works because I really dug the idea of her like running from one side to the other, just stabbing him real quick and then hiding behind a tree and Strategy, just like taking yeah. cover. Yeah, like I love that aspect <laughs> of this scene. Uh, she gets her head knocked on a, a rock and we get that sound off effect in movies that, yeah. that we get. I'm a little um, tired of that, to be honest with you. Like I don't need the squeak. Just drown yeah. you the noise. I, I, I will. I will. Give it to them when you hit your head real hard. You're gonna hear that sound. I want it. Uh, what I want it to be is her inner monologue going, "Ow, that really hurt!" <laughs> oh man. <laughs> she runs to the beach, and the creature chases, and it looks like it's gonna kill her, but it drops dead. It's I don't know. It's to me, it's a little anticlimactic. She. She got those good stabs in, and that was it, guys. That was all it really took. Yeah. It chased her to the shore. It dropped dead, and then she has to make sure because she's smart. She stabs she it. So she double taps it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, I, I, yeah. I, it does, it does. I mean, if one thing I'll give them, this creature is obviously very, it is super strong, or like you know, very strong and everything, but. It, it, this thing isn't meant to be Michael Myers. So, you know, it bleeds and it's not like it heals immediately after she stabs it. It, sure. it, it flees the first time she hurts it. It's wounded. So I at least like that they can, if it's going to die, they at least show that it, she can stab it 10,000 times and then she doesn't have to cut its head off. It can really die. It is it is a living creature. It is not, you know, from outer space. Well, maybe it is, but... Right, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Do you think she should have crushed up those pills and put it in its chum and maybe that would have done something to it? We don't know the effects of medication on creatures from the Black Lagoon. We don't know what it's going to do to them. It could have been it, it could have been a bunch of Viagra or something. They got know. a bone. <laughs> That's awesome. If it had a huge heart on. You thought we got thrown across the fucking room uh, earlier. 
I, and I will say the uh, the final like stabs she gets in when she has like the bone knife. They if it's gonna die, at least they do it after this one shot of these insanely visceral like just like gnarly stabs. Like yeah, it's like it's like oh. Drax when he's cutting his way out of that creature from the beginning of Volume Two. Two. Oh! <laughs> Stabbing uh. him. um so now the island is on fire it's like the whole island is setting on fire and she we just go to a super wide kind of chopper shot and we're out of there um why is the rum gone yeah (laughs) and i guess we can it's either the fire is going to catch somebody's attention or um she's going to patch up the raft maybe that washed up ashore again i don't know maybe another creature comes minutes later and just kills her and all of this was for nothing sweetheart the revenge Right, yeah, sweetheart to the revenge. He traces her all the way to Scotland. <laughs> it has a yeah, it has a vendetta against her and her family for yeah. some reason. It it did research there in the black hole. It was looking stuff up on the internet. They got internet in that black hole. Got everything in that do. black hole. Yeah, yeah. great. That's I'm why glad. I said they should have gone there. It's like a whole Gungan city under there, man. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy for the uh... thumbs up heart emoji. <laughs> These emojis are going to become a part of the show now. I yeah. Think. yeah. For, 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 for only to, us. I expect you to dub in whenever there is an emoji that I did throughout this episode. Yep. Every time you put one in there. Sound. We're like, oh, Dan, put an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. But yeah, that's uh, that's literally the end of the movie. We just pull out and it's just like, well, maybe she lives. We can assume that she does, I guess. But at the hey, same time, maybe she, she does. That's this movie, though. That's totally this movie, you know? Yeah. It is leave it up to you. I will say it's a pretty awesome shot of half of the island being on fire. Yeah. I did, I did, I did dig that, and I don't, I, I don't know if it was practical in any way, but uh, I was like, right on, fire. <laughs> they set an island on fire. No, they might have. I don't know. But, um, fire yeah, Island, did... more gay subtext. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gay. You're... I can't put the gay away. <laughs> Dear Jason Blum, please replace the shark thing, King Shark from The Flash in this movie with the creature from the Black Lagoon, and I think you have a real hit. Love. Re-release it. Don't change it. anything about it, because no, no one knew this movie came out any, anyway, so you said, ouch, <laughs> re-release it. Ouch. Emery Board Cohen, we're yeah, going to digitally replace him. it with Dane DeHaan. If you want to keep Emery Board Cohen in there, he just needs a much more vicious death than that. Like, I want to see. Oh, so, yeah. I, if you if this movie is PG thirteen, you need to earn your R rating with his death. That's how I feel about that character. Damn. Blood and like linger on it and like let her just like really press it in there slowly. He, uh, I would tell you to uh, watch the OA because he dies like six or seven times in the OA, but you. Oh. Uh, you shouldn't watch the OA. Now, the fact that you said he dies multiple times means he comes back, and, and that's the part that I don't like. He should die once and then be gone. Sarah <laughs> really doesn't like Emery Board Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've just, you probably discovered. But this is like a discovery. This is a, this is an instrumental part of, of your future now is knowing you don't like this actor. <laughs> I didn't even know I was capable of this much hate at this point in my life. Jared doesn't even hate Trump this much. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know what? If he gets another four years, that's fine. But if Emery Board Cohen lives, like, that's it. I'm moving to Canada. Oh, God. 
Uh, but the, yeah, that's it. That is Sweetheart from 2019, directed by, by J.D. Wentworth. Dylan so, J.D. Wentworth. Let me let me <laughs> let me ask you, uh, like straight out because I feel like I still am not totally sure. Like end result, what would you? How did you like this movie? Uh, well, if if you if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, it's not. I know I said this in a previous thing. It was Dan under ninety. It's actually Dan Eek E E K. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. Okay. I mean, I enjoy. It's it's hard. Like the first half of this movie, I liked because it was one thing, but it was also starting to put me asleep. And yet, when we came back, I was just like, uh, "Fuck all these." extra people like i don't know i wanted uh the plotting is not to your liking yeah i don't i don't need those other two characters frankly i feel like i mean you need something else like you like you said you need a shot of life or energy at some point but i don't not from these two not when you're like giving me all these like maybe he killed somebody but we don't know for sure like maybe they're fucking each other we don't know for like who cares (laughs) i think I can definitely, I mean, I, I, clearly, I like I said, I really like this movie, um, but I can definitely agree with you in terms of the tone that the characters come across with and the way they're written in there, too. I think that was an active choice to make them vague, to give them something, but not really sort of hang the carrot in front of your face. But um, I, so I think that was an active choice. I agree with that. I think if I if I had other characters put in that maybe had less hint of a backstory or less of an idea of any sort of plot behind them it would have continued to keep focus on kiersey clemens character who played jen and she's great i think she's phenomenal throughout the movie Uh but i I think i would have started to fall out a little bit faster if i didn't have something else at least drawing a little bit of my attention now again i'm the sort of person where i'm okay not no not ending up knowing what really happened so I know a lot of that will come down to personal preference, but uh, I think if there had been two sort of, uh, you know, just like plaster characters that had come in, it would have just been like, why are these people here at all? Yeah. Right. Just like a couple of just white people show up like, man, this sucks. And then like they die. I don't know. I, yeah. I would have liked it either Maybe... way because I just like the setup. You know what? It, you, what she needed really is just a volleyball with a bloody handprint on it. That's what <laughs> yeah, could have yeah. been. I think we could agree on that. Yeah. All right, that is it for us this week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, and you can follow these two gentlemen, Dan and Charlie, both on Letterboxd as well. Charlie, what's your uh, Letterboxd? My Letterboxd name. I actually had to make a Twitter just so I could actually get my picture on there because they only link through Twitter. Uh, oh. My Letterboxd name is. You can follow me probably just at Charlie Wine W E I N. Uh, but it looks like yeah, just Charlie Wine. I'm also under Charles P. Charles because that's what my mom calls me. But if you look for me as Charlie Wine, you'll probably find me. All right. All right. Well, be sure to do that. And be sure to join us. No, I mean that. Like, I, I'm sorry if that sounded sarcastic. <laughs> always, no, 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 the no. sign-off always sounds disingenuous. Well, check it out. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, like, hey, hey. He, he said it. Do what he said. Listen, go watch or read. Um, and uh, be sure to join us next week for another episode of 90 Under 90. But until then, I'm Jeremy Eden. And I'm Dan Eden. I'm Charlie Wine. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> That's a wrap. I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? <laughs>